Chiropractic therapy, chiropractic, is a branch of the uh, of the healing arts that specializes um, by the use mainly of spinal manual therapy. Um, that specializes in the removal and uh, diagnosing and the removing of of biomechanical uh, disorders, which we call subluxations, which by their nature have neurological consequences. Um, the removal of these subluxations from a person's spine. The chiropractic approach to health is to examine the spine and to determine whether there's a structural problem with that person's spine and the way it's actually functioning. We stress the importance of the nervous system and how that nervous system relates to the function of that spine. We are very interested, of course, in the rest of the body. A uh, holistic aspect is most important from a chiropractor's point of view. And we want to find out information about that patient's lifestyle, type of work they may do, examine their posture, if there's various stresses that are occurring at home, and perhaps even the way they sleep may be affecting the way their spine functions. But what we do is examine their spine with a technique called motion palpation to determine if there is some restriction in those joints. And if there's apparently problems, we'll certainly do more investigations. Quite often we'll take x-rays of that person's spine, and usually we'll do that standing up, because we're interested in seeing the structural effect and what gravity can do to that person's spine under a, a postural loading situation. Then, once we've developed those x-rays and ruled out any serious pathology, which would entail us to, uh, to refer to the appropriate specialist, if there's nothing to worry about in that serious respect, then we will accept that patient and begin to explain what the problems are so they can understand the rationale behind adjusting the human spine or unlocking these joints to release any potential problems with either the joints, the nervous system, or the associated discs and muscles. The organs seem to have a relationship as well to how well the spine works, but research is still not uh, explicit enough to give us enough information as a direct cause and effect, but we're working on it. Most chiropractors might use eight or 10 or 15 of those particular ones and uh, do the styles of treatment that best suit those particular patients that they may see, or perhaps that particular chiropractor themselves. What are some of the examples of those styles? Well, traditionally chiropractors perform adjustments to the human spine. That is an unlocking of the joints to, to free them up in an attempt to help the nervous system and help the body to work as well as it can quite naturally. Keeping in mind that we take x-rays in most cases to determine if there is a structural problem first before we decide exactly what type of treatment that we'll be doing. But many different types of treatment do not even actually have any noises associated with them. Sometimes there is a little noise of the joint unlocking and that can be a little fearful for a patient, but quite often there's no serious problems with that. Chiropractic is fundamentally the same thing, although there are very many different schools of, or techniques that are employed to accomplish the same, same goal, which is basically to, to restore the alignment and the function to the spine and remove any nerve interference that may be associated with that. As I say, there, there are numerous techniques that suit certain individuals more than others. But they all accomplish the same goal, which is basically to remove the nervous 
nerve, nerve root interference or nervous, nervous interference, and also correct the mechanical um, disorder from the spine and peripheral joints. One of the most common things that we help is uh, neck aches, lower back pains, uh, sciatic nerve problem, that's the nerve that comes from the lower part of the spine and goes down the legs. That can be a tingling, a numbness, uh, a sharp stabbing pain is the most classic style. But uh, any sort of nerve irritation like that we're of course very interested in examining. Uh, there's problems that can relate to the chest region. Some people actually get pain coming around and mimics a heart problem. And this is one of the areas that we're of course quite interested in. The thoracic spine has nerves that go around right through the rib region to the front. And that can be quite confusing for a lot of people. We've helped uh, a number of them who felt they've been having heart problems, have been checked over by the hospitals, had their ECGs, and are completely cleared. And I've had a few referred directly to me because it's, they've been told that it actually must be a pinched nerve coming from their, their spine. Some common problems that people will come to see a chiropractor with, um, I guess most commonly, neck pain, uh, shoulder pain, pain between the shoulder blades, lower back pain, are probably the most common um, reasons that people go to see chiropractors. But from these three areas, for example, the, the neck pain, a very common symptom that comes from that are headaches, which is a referred pain from an origin in the neck. It's very common, as you know, headaches. Some of the other common things from the neck would be uh, dizziness, loss of balance, just feelings of ill, Ill health. Pins and needles, numbness, tingling, pains running into the arms, elbows, peripheral joints. A lot of peripheral joint problems, when I say peripheral joints, I mean fingers, wrists, elbows, shoulders, ankles, feet. Peripheral joint pains, fleeting peripheral joint pains, are often caused from a lesion back in the spine, the sort of, of, of subluxation that chiropractors treat. Um, other things that chiropractors treat commonly from the mid-back, a very common referred, referred type of problem would be chest pain, shortness of breath. The mid-back, because it shares the same um, source of nerve fibers as many of the organs, like the heart and the lungs, conditions such as respiratory conditions, such as asthma, respond beautifully to gentle chiropractic adjustments. Not all cases of asthma, but many do. Not only because it releases the, the muscular tightness that restricts the chest when a person tries to breathe, but also the neurological, the nerve supply to the lungs and the bronchi originate from between the shoulder blades and a misalignment in the spine may uh, irritate those nerves and produce the symptoms of asthma. Indigestion, stomach, functional stomach disorders can all be, be tra traced back to the spine. Again, for the same reason that the, uh, the mechanical area of the spine shares the same uh, nerve supply, source of nerve supply, as many of these organs. And many um, functional organic problems can, are relieved very, very much by chiropractic treatment to the spine. As we move further down into the lower back, I said lower back pain was a very main, main cause for, um, for people come, seeing a chiropractor. Probably the most common uh, referred symptom from that is leg pain. People often call it sciatica. Um, uh, that can, is the most obvious, but you can get variations of that. Sometimes you will get people with pain in the groin, sometimes in the abdom abdomen. 
many pelvic disorders and many conditions that simulate appendicitis, almost identically, have been treated for those organic conditions. They, people have had their appendixes removed, and it's actually been their spine that's been out of alignment. It's only been l later on when they've seen a chiropractor that that's been diagnosed. Um, some of the other things that the lower back can contribute to, pain in the, in the, in the, in the testicles, problems with um, sexual function, um, uh, foot and ankle pain, um, conditions, some, some uh, conditions are, respond quite dramatically. I've had cases of, of young children that have had just heel pain, nothing else, no back pain. And I've traced it back to the sacroiliac region. And an adjustment and a, and a, and a correction of that sacroiliac joint has eliminated heel pain that's been, that's been long-standing of five and six years in young, young people. Um, cases, as I mentioned earlier, about pelvic and abdominal pain in women, difficulty with their periods, painful periods, all this can be traced back to the spine. Now, not every case is, but a, a great many are. And it's much better to have your back checked and corrected first and eliminate that possibility as a, as a cause of your problem before you progress to more invasive medical procedures, which may be dangerous, especially if they're not, if they're not properly, um, they're not necessary in your condition. Um, as I say, I had a woman, and, and not many cases of this, but most recently I had a letter from a woman who had pelvic pain. And she was told it was her ovaries, then, the, then she was told it was her kidneys. She was hospitalized for kidney stones. She came out of the hospital. This is preceded by a little bit of a back injury, but she didn't have back pain. She went to see a very, very well-renowned orthopedic back specialist who told this woman that she had one of the best backs he'd ever seen in a woman her age. Now, it was only fortunate that this, this woman had a daughter had seen a chiropractor. And, and she went off to see a chiropractor and for, other, for a neck problem. And while he was treating her neck, he said, listen, he says, you've got a little bit of a problem in your lower back. She said, well, she didn't feel any pain. He adjusted that and corrected that, and her, and her pelvic pain went away. Now, the problem is this poor woman could not have had been told by a, by a medical specialist that she had one of the best backs that he had ever seen. And yet a chiropractor, who wasn't even treating her for that condition, relieved her problem because he picked it up uh, coincidentally, when he was treating her for another condition. Now, this woman is left in a, in a, in a, in a, in a quandary. She says, who do I believe? You know, wh where do I go for help? And, and, and this is really the essence of, of, um, of part of the problem. If you have a chiropractic problem, unfortunately, because of the way p people are trained, only a chiropractor can tell. It's such a specialized field of, 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 of therapy that um, it's a... Um, it's unfortunate that, that orthodox medicine isn't, isn't trained as well in this area because they're missing a lot of cases that have a chiropractic origin which they would not be able to diagnose because they lack those skills. And as I say, unfortunately, chiropractors are the only health professionals necessarily equipped by their education to carry out diagnosis and treatment of spinal biomechanical problems like I've talked about. And they're, and they're, and they're subsequent neurological sequelae. Chiropractors traditionally use their hands only and usually don't use any other pieces of equipment. 
And the traditional approach to uh, spinal subluxation, or that stiffness that we were referring to earlier, is to just use the hands to gently yet firmly unlock the joint to release any pressure within that joint and perhaps take pressure actually off that nerve that might be irritated right next door to that particular problem. So it's usually done hands on the spine, usually not too much in the way of any machinery as opposed to perhaps other forms of therapy or other professions. Normal is different for every one of us. It's like snowflakes. They may all look the same from a distance, but every single one of them is different. A spine should be reasonably flexible though, and there should not be any interference to the nerves coming from that person's spine. Now a spine is supposed to be reasonably straight from the front to back view or back to front view. And the side view, there are three main curves and then the extra curve of the sacrum and coccyx at the bottom. Now, those curves have certain parameters that they can work comfortably within. If they become too much out of that position, then more pressure can build up on the joints, ligaments, muscles, and perhaps even irritate those nerves. But a spine does not have to be perfectly straight from the back view or perfectly curved from the side view to function quite well. And on the other hand, we have patients who have perfectly normal-looking spines on x-rays, yet they complain of a lot of irritation, pain, inflammation, because their joints or perhaps even their nerves or muscles are not functioning the way they should, even though they may look normal just from the point of view of an x-ray. It's basically how flexible, how well that spine is performing in a dynamic sense that's far more important than just what it may look like. Conservatively, 80% of the population plus suffer back pain at some stage in their life. So this gives, a, gives us a pretty good uh, idea that probably most people that have been born and that are living have, have, a back pro have a potential back problem of some degree or another. As I say, the spine is a series of over 20 movable segments that all have to be functioning normal in the right position and moving in six different ranges of motion all normally all the time for it to function optimally and because of our nature of our, our life being sedentary often where we're sitting all day long not getting exercise congenital problems which we're born with all these different factors knocks bumps and falls all these different factors can contribute to throwing the normal balance and harmony out of the spine and, can, and consequently, you know, almost everyone has a spinal problem to some degree or another and could benefit from a chiropractic treatment and assessment in particular. Nerves are extremely important in relation to the spine. Research is starting to show now just how important that is. A very, very slight bit of pressure on a nerve can actually cause an alteration in that nerve signal and it's still being proven just how much pressure it really does take. But if there's a pressure building up, be it from a, an actual physiological pressure or a swelling or a disc bulging up against that nerve, that will affect the function of that nerve. Basically, pinched nerve is... Hence, uh, that, hence the term pinched nerve, that's correct, yes. And a nerve can give trouble but not necessarily give symptoms right away. And this is the uh, controversial part of chiropractic. Often there can be some pressure building up, much like, say, a cavity in a tooth. You've got your enamel, the dentin, the pulp, and the nerve root. 
you'll only feel the symptoms on that tooth when it actually, that cavity actually gets right down into that particular nerve. Whereas when there's a spinal problem, there can be mechanical problems going on for many, many years, even degeneration showing up on an x-ray, and the symptoms may still not be evident for several more years. So we're, of course, very interested to determine whether there could be a malfunction of that spine even before there's some serious uh, effects. Now what we do to begin with usually is have this patient lying down and check the relative leg length just as a rough estimate to begin with and that helps us determine what's happening up in the pelvis and the lower back region. We'll also do some reflexes for example this one on the sole of the foot the Babinski reflex. We'll also do the Achilles reflex as we tap on the Achilles tendon and then we'll look further up to the pelvis, the lumbar spine, and get some idea of the flexibility in that part of the body. We'll also often use a pinwheel, this little device here, and that determines whether the patient can still feel things properly on each side of the body. We check for the flexibility of each individual vertebra, going up it and down it, to find out if there's a possibility of some restriction which could translate into malfunction and perhaps even some pain that could be developing or symptoms that could be developing in the future from this particular restricted joint level. Now when we have the patient lying on their back like this, one of the tests that we often do of course is the patellar reflex. This is another one of the tests that we do to determine the integrity of the nervous system in the lower spine and how it's relating messages down the leg. We also check further up into the neck region and using this technique called motion palpation, we determine with our fingers pressing against the vertebra the amount of flexibility and the ease of movement between each of these segments in this part of the spine. When we feel that there is an actual joint restriction, that makes us a little bit suspicious of a problem. And that's an area that we're going to spend more time looking at when we look at the x-rays as well. Most chiropractors use x-rays of the spine to determine the most suitable type of manipulative techniques needed to correct a particular problem. Some people's backs are particularly misleading and look quite normal from the outside. However, an x-ray can be a very accurate way of revealing spinal degeneration, wear and tear or curvature that would have otherwise have been extremely difficult to detect. Now this x-ray is of the lower lumbar spine and we're going to put this compression bandage around the patient to keep her in position but also to slim down the stomach region and that will allow us to use even less radiation to get a more effective photograph of her. You'll notice that we're still taking these pictures standing up because again we do want to see the effect on this person's spine of gravity and what they think is reasonably normal posture. We collimate with our x-ray unit to narrow down to make the most efficient picture that we can of this patient using the least amount of exposure. We also take these x-rays at 
200 centimeter distance away from the patient, which will give us approximately one quarter the amount of radiation that she would otherwise receive. So we're very aware of reducing radiation factors to our patients. An adjustment is a, uh, a chiropractic term for a specific manipulation of the spine to correct the misalignment or abnormal function of the spinal column and peripheral joints, and then thereby to restore the function and to relieve and release any nerve nervous interference that's caused from that. With the spinal adjustment or the chiropractic adjustment, there's most commonly associated a little bit of a pop, like this. Okay? Now that pop that's associated with the adjustment is not associated with anything breaking or cracking or rubbing. That's purely a gaseous phenomenon. Just like going as the joint's manipulated or adjusted, there's a quick separation of the joint surfaces, and because the joint has a tight capsule around it, it forms like a little, it's like a pressure capsule. And as, it's, as that's manipulated and corrected quickly, there's a, uh, a release of, um, of gas bubbles that produce the noise. But the noise is not associated with any breaking, cracking, or pathological um, tissue reaction. Right. When a patient is lying down on their stomach, and we're about to do our examination, we do the leg length examination first of all to determine if there is any of that tilting that could be affecting the way the hip functions or the pelvic region, and that in turn can translate into problems going further up the spine. There's often a, a domino effect, as one part of the spine can affect the next, which then affects the next region. So it's important to look at the spine from a, a total point of view, just as we do a a holistic understanding of a patient. Now an adjustment is a, a very simple procedure and usually very very painless but sometimes has a little bit of a noise to it and that noise is simply the joint unlocking or popping apart as it's released from its state of rigidity. An adjustment is performed to improve the function of that part of the spine and to relieve any pressure that may be building up around that particular joint, which could translate into nerve irritation or muscle problems or even ligamentous problems. Some people think that chiropractic is painful. And, and uh, most of the time, it's not. A lot of the structures along the spine are pain non-sensitive structures. So you can actually go in there and manipulate them without creating pain. Um, it's, it's, it's very safe and conservative, and the only time a person will actually get a little bit of pain may be if they've got a severely degenerated or damaged joint. But it, it's, it's, it's a pain, it's a very, very mild pain usually, and that's more associated with that, with that particular condition. Um, people, <clears throat> pain is a perception. It's not a sensation. And because chiropractic care is different and it's, it's hands-on, and it sometimes seems to, to a person to be um, fairly um, vigorous. It doesn't mean it's painful. People tend to perceive that as it should be causing pain, but if they actually are understand what is happening to them <clears throat> and they do what their doctor tells them in terms of relaxing and breathing before the adjustment, they'll find 
that it actually, in, in essence, really isn't painful, but it's, they feel vulnerable. And it's important for them to understand what's happening to them, because if they understand that the vulnerability is not actually painful, they'll then get a better result with their adjustment. Sports chiropractic is a very exciting area, because as sports chiropractors, we don't emphasize just treating an injury. Because of the, the fundamental um, correction, correcting the cause nature of chiropractic therapy, by correcting the, the, the cause and, and problems in the spine, we can actually assist athletes to improve their performance. And from my experience over 15 years, uh, treating with national teams and looking after world champion athletes, I found it more the exception, more the rule than the exception that chiropractic intervention with these athletes at critical times has, has a phenomenal effect at improving their ability to perform. Um, one very uh, well-known uh, beneficiary of sports, sportsman that was a beneficiary of chiropractic uh, therapy probably summed it up best um, before the 76 Olympics. He said chiropractic enhances the athlete's ability to realize their true potential. Um, and basically, as a sports chiropractor, um, you know what, what we you know what we look at is posture. Okay, as, as I said, as I say, sports chiropractors you know evaluate one of the things is an athlete's posture. Not only their posture in relation to how they sit and stand, but their kinetic posture, their posture doing movement in sport. And as a sports chiropractor we feel if we can improve their posture, we can improve their performance. So um, it's all about posture. And, 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 and as I say, sports chiropractors and chiropractors in general are the only health professionals that are trained specifically to evaluate the biomechanics and the posture that's involved in these sort of situations. Um, you know, sports, sports people suffer slightly different problems than ordinary people. They, they're under, they undergo more stress and, and practice. And so they tend to suffer stress-related injuries. Okay? That's a major difference between the average person and the athletes. But we, but we can learn a lot from athletes and apply it to, the normal, to not normal people, but to the average person who's not an athlete. Um, and by examining and learning stress-related injuries, we can then uh, treat these athletes better. And, um, you know, I, a sports chiropractor, or any doctor in general for that matter, uh, can't really treat a, uh, a sports injury or stress-related injuries unless they understand the basic mechanics of posture, as I said before, because posture underlies the, uh, all these stress-related injuries. And, you know, c common, common sports-related problems that people have, are, well, it's very sports-specific, first of all. Um, but if we take, for example, running, which is a very common uh, activity that a lot of people do. Um, running is, is a, a very stressful activity. And if unless the alignment, the leg length, and the alignment in the pelvis and lower back, for example, is, is correct, and the joints at the base of the spine and all the joints through the hips are moving properly, running on a repetitive basis can actually traumatize and stress those joints. And as a sports chiropractor, we find that, that um, one person's sport, or even for the same person, 
uh, a sport can be either good, good health and good therapy, good medicine, or else it can be very harmful. And the difference is depending on how that person's spine is aligned and functioning at the time. For example, if a person's lower back is out of alignment and they go running, the constant repetitive trauma and stress to their back will cause problems, inflammation, further misalignment, and eventually things like degeneration. If that person sees a sports chiropractor, they may not have pain, but they may have joint misalignment, which is another thing I'll speak to later. If that person sees a sports chiropractor, has the alignment and the function restored, that person can then go out and run, and that running will reinforce the corrections and help keep, it, keep the spine free and mobile. So the same activity can be detrimental or it can be very beneficial depending on the function of the, and, and alignment of the spine and peripheral joints. So in, in summary with our patient today, Matthew, um, I'd just like to say you fill out a basic, basic questionnaire first of all so that we can get some sort of preliminary idea of what was the problem was. We then spent some time speaking with them and consulting with them to find out localize his problem more and find out any of the associated details that may be relevant. He was then examined completely. Uh, proper physical examination, postural examination, orthopedic and neurological examination. At that point, it was discovered that I felt that he required x-rays. So x-rays were taken as well. X-rays are very important in helping to diagnose problems. Not that chiropractor's training to feel isn't, isn't effective, but you can't feel everything. And there are certain congenital anomalies which did show up on his x-rays, which you can't feel, and are very important to know the blueprint of the spine before you actually treat it. So, um, Matthew has a, a, a sporting injury, but he's also an adolescent who has that extra stress of being going through growth, rapid growth periods. And uh, it was a classic example of a young, young person that really required and benefited from chiropractic care. His bones are growing faster than his muscles, and consequently that's throwing his spine out of alignment. And as he takes that misaligned spine and puts it through the rigors of sport, particularly ice hockey, which is a, like football and other contact sports, susceptible to spinal problems, he is uh, aggravating the problem even more so. So with Matthew today, we're able to show how chiropractic can evaluate a sports person, and how we, how we can actually, um, and also a, a young sports person, and, and the benefits to, not only to improving his performance and taking away his pain, which is often why they initially come into a chiropractor, but educating him that through the treatment, he's actually improving his performance and preventing this from happening again. So his pain from the sports being relieved, his, his um, condition through adolescence, is being corrected, and his nervous system and overall spinal health and balance is being improved for the future. There are many different types of headaches, actually, as you can imagine, migraines and cluster headaches and uh, allergic reactions and so-called stress headaches. But the headaches that chiropractors are uh, finding quite good results with are the kind that seem to just build up pressure on the joints on the upper part of the neck. There are nerves up there, the greater occipital nerve specifically, seems to be one of the ones that's most involved with this particular problem. 
And if there's a, a restriction of the joints right next to that, or an inflammation, or even the muscles getting very, very seized up and tight, then that in turn could be affecting the function of that, that region. And hence you can get a referred symptom around up over the head. And specific adjustments often relieve that pressure. The side effects of chiropractic therapy are usually simply feeling better. Chiropractors are extremely well trained in spinal adjustments. In fact, several studies around the world have shown that chiropractors are the professionals who are the best trained for spinal manual therapy or adjusting of the spine. There are very, very few problems. Of course, no procedure is absolutely 100% risk-free but the chiropractic safety record is exemplary. In fact, you can ask malpractice insurance people about this, and you'll certainly find out that chiropractors enjoy about the lowest malpractice insurance of any profession. And if there was a problem, that would be the first area to look to. First, I'd like to say that modern chiropractors are extremely highly trained uh, doctors are trained to carry out spinal manipulative therapy and diagnosis at a very sophisticated and a very refined level. In fact, one of the um, major magazines in the United States a few years ago did a study. They wanted to find out who, which health profession required the most manual dexterity and skill. And they found that to practice chiropractic properly required more and a greater neuromuscular dexterity and skill than to perform major surgery. So a modern chiropractor is trained very highly in, in the use of their hands and, and, and feeling, but they're also academically trained to a very high level. It's a minimum of five years of, of full-time training, which is comparable or more to the average medical person. So they're very well equipped by their education to uh, and, and training to, to, to carry uh, spinal manipulative therapy. We must emphasize that even with the exercises that we give our patients, there's no one exercise that's good for every single person. So we certainly try and tailor the treatment and the extra activities that we'll have our patients do to their particular problem. Every spine being a bit different does need different types of treatment by the chiropractor. Certainly when we treat our children, we treat them much, much differently than we would someone who may have a little bit of osteoarthritis or a person who could be in their 70s, 80s, or even 90s, and who could have some osteoporosis, some thinning of the bones. We have to be careful with all of these conditions, and chiropractors are very careful. Medical opinion these days is getting better and better. We're finding a lot of the medical people are actually trying to learn to do chiropractic treatment themselves. Sometimes they might call it medical manipulation, but it's along the same lines. The biggest difference seems to be in, in our approach with the way we take our x-rays and the specificity that we feel is very, very important. We don't think that a general approach is, is good enough, and a chiropractor spends at least five years of full-time study to learn how to do this particular procedure, spinal adjusting, along with the diagnosis and pathology and everything else that goes along with the course. The medical doctor does a very similar course except spends more time on drugs and surgery. 
chiropractors spend more of their specialty in adjusting the spine, learning how to free up these spinal problems, and of course, learning about x-rays as well. So it's very similar, the two professions, but chiropractors choose not to use drugs or surgery in their approach. I alluded to earlier, I said that if you have a chiropractic problem, only a chiropractor can tell. And I guess our approach can be summed up by we look at the same problems through different eyes. Um, what I mean by that is if we take a back problem um, and we look at it from a medical point of view, medical profession is generally trained to to look straight in at the problem and isolate and localize and find out exactly what is the, the pathology of that local area. Chiropractors also do this. We're also trained to diagnose the local pathology and problem. But we're also trained specifically to see the interrelationships of the whole. Okay? So we tend to diagnose, first of all, for example, the local pathology or the local problem in the back, then we see how that pathology is affected by the overall structure and how the overall structure is, is contributing, causing, and affecting that local problem. And many times, because of the, 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 the inherent nature of the spine and its ability to refer pain and cause distant problems, it's very important that we, um, we look, especially with spinal problems, from a, a distant view and a local view. So we have the benefits of, of, um, of, of looking at the, the total person and to see how that total person's affecting that local problem. Chiropractors give a variety of exercises. We, we tend to aim more at increasing the mobility as well as strengthening certain areas too. But one aspect is to encourage more flexibility of these areas that we've found to be restricted and an exercise in the neck region, for example, would be a, a forward and then a backward pulling sort of action where you keep the head forward to help the joints to slide in that direction, then allow the muscles to work for a few moments, and then relax to neutral normal, and then do a pulling back type of action to get the joints to slide backwards and another group of muscles to, to do a bit of work so they get in a bit better tone as well. We certainly make sure that our patients don't do big circular movements with the head because we understand from the way the joints are built that there could be a grinding effect on those very delicate little joints in the neck. So there's good and there's also bad exercises and that's most important for a patient to understand, especially depending on the type of spine they have. So certainly chiropractors have had to educate their patients a lot more in terms of the right and the wrong exercises especially after the, the boom of the 80s when the fitness was really, really important for everybody and there was a lot of jarring and jolting high-impact type aerobics. That's pretty well a thing of the past now and uh, we believe that it should be a thing of the past as well because trauma to the spine, shocking it, jolting it, jarring it is not a very good idea in the long run. We should minimize that type of activity if we can. One of the most important things we find with, with lifting injuries is that most of the people who have hurt themselves doing that, they seem to hurt their lower back most of all, and they've thought they've done the right thing at the time. They've bent down, they've been using their leg muscles, and they've been trying to keep their back reasonably straight. 
and most of us know that's a good idea. Where we have seen a lot of problems is that once a person has lifted that weight, one of two things can happen. It may be a little bit too far away from their body or their center of gravity, which would require them to lean even further forward and then strain their back, or they end up turning with that weight before they've turned their feet. And that's a very important aspect. We try and educate our patients to turn the foot in the direction that their body is going to go first, bring the other foot along with that so it's parallel, and then they're pretty well in the right direction already without having to swivel their lower back or create a grinding effect down in that lumbar spine while they're carrying that extra weight. Most people who actually come to chiropractors already have a symptom and it's quite well established. Unfortunately, chiropractors are often seen as a last resort rather than a first resort. And that's the a consequence, I think, of the way most of us think about our health. We tend to feel that if there's a symptom, we'll pay attention to our health, and if there's no symptoms at that particular moment in time, then we can forget about our health. We're obviously in good condition. Chiropractors look at it a little bit differently. We like to think that the body can look after itself as long as you help to look after it. But most people ignore the, even the little warning signals. And by the time they get those warning signals, we can have problems very well established, especially in the spine and the way it's functioning. So we would rather see people quite young in their life, if we can, to examine the way their spine functions. And much like a dentist would look at a child's teeth to see how they're um, performing, we would check a spine to make sure that it's functioning as, po as well as possible. And if there is any restriction in that spine, gently, safely, effectively, release the little bit of stiffness that could be there and allow it to function the way it's supposed to so that, that spine can, can grow up the way nature intended it to, to be. This is that chiropractors are involved in wellness. We are trying to lift our patients away from the sickness model that most people seem to think about when it comes to health. We would rather have a person staying healthy than continually having to fix them up and to repair them much like people do with their cars. So what we're trying to do is encourage people to take responsibility for their own health so they can look after themselves. Perhaps they have to see a chiropractor once in a while, like they have to see their dentist or perhaps any other sort of doctor. But a preventative approach seems to be the best way to get lasting results. Thomas Edison, one of the uh, most renowned scientists of uh, former times, probably exemplified it best uh, when he said, exemplified chiropractic philosophy best when he said the doctor of the future um, will give no medicine but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame in diet and in the cause and prevention of disease so um, this is in alignment with chiropractic philosophy and 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 uh, in the 21st century and even now um, we're finding that if you can eliminate problems and correct them, correct the cause of the problem without having to give drugs and perform surgery, although these things are necessary in certain cases, um, it's a very sophisticated and um, an efficient way and, and of, of, of dealing with, with uh, problems.